How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. Oh boy, Dan, uh, we hoped it would be under better circumstances. Welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage with you on this Tuesday, joined by Dan Israel. You know, I, I we came in, and I didn't talk to Paul intentionally to see where he thought. Neither of us are terribly concerned big picture with that performance. Certainly in the short term, there were a lot of things that were annoying last night. Dan, what, what, did, what did, you know, sort of like vibe it for us? Is there, how, how much concern is there after a loss like that with all the mistakes? Or do you come out of it and say, Boy, it took a lot of mistakes to barely lose that game. I, which is it for you, and which is it do you think, you know, did you get the sense last night from the team? You know, I think right now it's probably the mistakes are just foremost in my mind. But I, I do think later in the week as the emotion starts to separate, it, it will be just a, uh, hey, look, we were still in that game and we made so many mistakes. Um, you know, I, I – I think it's interesting. The sky certainly is not falling. You're seven and three. You're the number two seed right now. You still have the ability to get to the number one seed. A lot of football left remaining. I think probably one of the the brightest parts of this is the back half of the schedule to me doesn't feel as daunting as the front half. So we've kind of emerged through the worst part of our schedule. I don't think the the Bengals are going to be quite what we thought they were going to be. I'm not sure what we have with the Bills. I'm not sure what we have with the Raiders. But it just doesn't feel quite as heavy going forward as it has to this point. With all of that said, last night, you just it felt like a complete reversion back to week one where we were talking about this wide receiver room. And, Jacob, honestly, I owe you and Tommy. I know Tommy's not there today, but I owe you, got, you two and your listeners a, a little bit of an apology here because, honestly, I, I thought we were making progress here. But after last night – it just doesn't feel like that wide receiver room is progressing. And I, I don't know what the solutions are. I don't know what the problems are other than the drops. Uh, but the man, something's got to change there because you got one of the league's best quarterbacks under center and he's throwing balls to guys that are hitting them in the hands and they're not catching them. And it's just, it was really hard to watch that last night. I know that the Eagles are a good team. I don't want to, 
You know, I don't want to say the Eagles didn't have a hand in this because that's a good defense as well. Their defense has improved from the from the defense we saw in the Super Bowl. But, man, so, so many missed opportunities. It was really difficult. Well, that's, that's a little more negative than I'm going to be because when I look at this particular game from last night, the running game took strides forward, I thought, in a lot of ways. I thought that the defense took strides in a lot. It was a defense that understood, you know, it's going to be upon us, fellas, to, to win this game possibly. And, and it really was. And they, I think they, they did their job. I mean, you got a Super Bowl, uh, a team that was in the Super Bowl just this last Super Bowl, and you're holding them to three touchdowns. That, that's I think, is pretty darn good. You get five sacks on Jalen Hurts. And, by the way, Jalen Hurts is not necessarily – easy to sack. I mean, he's mobile. He he moves around in the pocket well. He moves around in really good space. I mean, really good in space, uh, you know, to get five sacks and a bunch of hurries changed how he played to a certain extent. You know, you've got you've got just got to think to yourself, there were strides made for this football team. But obviously, how do you overcome, you know, five drop passes? Because everybody sees them, don't they, Dan? Oh yeah, it's going to be a highlight reel. It's a high, of, uh, yeah, not the one you want to watch. I guess Eagles fans will, but certainly Chiefs fans will. Right. You know, you make an excellent point, though. I, I did think the running game was really effective last night. I'm not sure why we somewhat got away from it. You know, we had 20 runs in the first half. I think they were getting four and a half, four point seven a clip. And Pacheco looked good. Even Clyde Edwards-Alaire got into the game and, and had a couple of big runs. We opened the third quarter with three straight runs, and then it just seemed like we only had ten runs for the entire half. And it just seemed like we got away from it. And it's, You know, it's, it's hard. I, I get it. Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. But right now, with the receiver room the way it is and the running back room the way it is, why isn't this a running team? I mean, it's it's a it's an odd thing for us to say. We've been such a pass to run the football. Maybe we need to switch and get back to run the football to pass because I did feel like they got away from the running game and, and frankly, probably was part of the problem in the third quarter. These third quarters are just absolutely eating us. But the running game, no doubt, looked good in in the defense. As you mentioned, outstanding. I mean, it, I think AJ Brown's one of, if not the best receivers in the league. He's certainly putting up the numbers right now, and they held him to one catch, you know? Uh, and and his tandem really wasn't much more effective. I think they had a total of maybe 78 yards, 70, 80 yards receiving. But I I, I thought that defense just did an excellent job. And, and guys, you gotta, you got to applaud Trent McDuffie right now. I think he is playing about as good as you can play in that position. The only thing he's missing is an interception, and, man, he's going to get it. It's close. He batted that ball down. What an athletic move uh, to bat Hurts' pass down and defend that. And I felt like the defense really played well last night, and they kept you in this game all the way to the end. It did, and it will continue to do that. And I guess that's why Dan Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, why my panic meter isn't just, like, pinging super high is because – I do think the defense – look, the receivers are going to drop passes, right? Like, you know, fool me once, fool me 30 times. Like, you know, the group, not including Travis Kelsey and maybe Rashi Rice, they're going to drop passes. They just are. But Kelsey's not going to fumble inside the 10, miss a first-down reception. Mahomes isn't going to miss Kelsey on a different first-round reception and throw an interception in the touchdown. Those are things, I think, that don't go big picture 
So big picture, if you've got that defense and 15 and 87, I don't think anything on the Chiefs' outlook to win the AFC really changed last night. Those mistakes are yeah. unlikely to happen again. I, I, I mean, I take away just how good the defense looked and how good both lines looked for Kansas City. As far as panicking, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. On a macro level, this is this is just a loss. It's a regular season loss. It doesn't change anything really, other than maybe your, you know, your margin of error. You diminish that a little bit. But on a micro level, it's tough to accept. But on a macro level, you're exactly right. I mean, they've got they're still kind of in the driver's seat here. I mean, they they control a little bit of their own destiny. There's still two games in front of Denver in the West. They can still easily win the West. Uh, I still think they can make it back to the first seed. So uh, not a lot, you know, necessarily to to really be upset about this morning, other than the the game just wasn't satisfying and that the Chiefs are a better team than what you saw last night. And I thought this would – we knew this was going to be two competitive teams. We knew it was going to go 60 minutes. That, that was just – you know, you, Super Bowl rematches sure. rarely live up to their hype. But these two teams are just playing so well at midseason – they led the AFC. They led the NFC. It literally was a Super Bowl rematch. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like from a defensive standpoint, if you look at the Chiefs' three losses to Denver, to the Lions, and to the Eagles, two of those teams are arguably the best the NFC has right now in the Lions and the Eagles. And so you had every opportunity to win this game all the way to the end. I mean – the Juju Smith, or Juju Smith Schuster, the Marquez Valdez Scantling pass would have given them the game. Uh, so I think you've got a defense here playing at a championship caliber. It's going to keep you in every one of these games, but they they do have to figure out what's going on offensively. They're going to have to adjust to the way they play now until until they can start to you know connect these dots. I, I realize it's a game of inches, you know your hands are slightly to the left versus slightly to the right, and it, and it becomes an incompletion. But those are the things, those are those little details are what coaching is all about, and I think we have great coaching. So they have to figure out how to impart to these players. I, I don't know what the deal is with MVS. I, I, I sometimes get a feel like like he, he hurried out of the locker room pretty quick last night. I, he passed me. Uh, I was waiting to do the interview with the coach. He passed me going out the back side of the locker room. And I, I would have sworn he had his street clothes on under his jersey. He changed that quick. Wow. And I get it. I get it. Wow. You know, it's that's a tough thing to accept as a player when you know you had the ball in your hands and the game was on the line. But, man, there's also a piece of me that just wants to say, dude, just stand up there, take your licking, and accept the responsibility. Care. We want you to care. You know, we want that to matter to you as much wow. as it does to us. And I, I'm not saying it doesn't. It just sometimes doesn't feel like it. And I, I don't know how to read him sometimes. Well, perception is reality, Dan. And, and I th that, that, is, that is an amazing point that you just brought out. I guess one of the things that, that I, I'd like you to do, and there's no right or wrong answer to what I'm about to ask you because you're going to have to speculate a little bit. But do you foresee the front office, maybe the coaching staff, getting involved in, in, in finding other receivers, finding, trying out, and working some others out? You know, uh, I, I want some receivers that run great routes and that have great hands. I, you know, speed is great, and speed kills. We all know that. 
but speed without the ability to catch the ball in crucial situations is 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 not is not a good not necessarily a good thing. But I guess my my question is, do you see this team making a move? Do you see this team switching out some receivers for other receivers? What will this team what will this team do? And are there decent receivers out there? Because if they're good right now, they're on a roster somewhere. Right. But uh, yeah. do you see this team doing anything midseason with regards to bringing anybody in at all? It's hard. It's a. I know it's speculation, and I don't want to put you on the spot, and I don't mean to, but I'm very curious as to what you would think about this. Well, and I, and I will answer this purely from – my mental state, no inside information here, Right, but, and you said it right. If there were an abundance of receivers out there, uh, then the chiefs would really have a responsibility to go figure out how to bring competition into the, into the wide receiver room that isn't there now. But I, I just don't think they're out there. Plus I think, you know, I mean, let's face it guys, the, the Chris Jones deal a little bit hamstrings the oh, team. It's not like there's a ton of money there. I got you. And, you know, so I think there's a lot to look at. I do think, you know, at some point, the players need to take that accountability on themselves. If I'm a wide receiver in that wide receiver room, I am saying I'm going to do what Tony Gonzalez did every day after pass, every day after practice. I'm going to catch 100 passes. I'm going to catch 100 passes till I haven't dropped one. And I'm going to keep doing that day in and day out. I'm going to catch passes. I'm going to catch passes. I'm going to catch passes until nothing goes into my hands and comes out. And, and I feel like at some point they got to take, you know, why, I'm not sure what happened with the Justin Watson route where it looked like he was bending it in and Mahomes threw it outside. I don't know if he ran, if he truly did. It looked like he ran the wrong route. Uh, I don't know if he truly did or not, but those kinds of details, the studying, the physical preparation, whether that's a mental preparation, whether that's physical preparation, having your body, eating the right things, all of those things that these coaches have hammered into these individuals for years, it's on them to do it. And so at some point, they're the guys out on the field playing, and I feel like these guys that are in that room right now need to figure out how to take responsibility and go fix themselves because I'm not sure the Chiefs can go out and get somebody to bring in to make the kind of difference that we would need to make. Well, and, and Dan, let's think about it too. Like, I, I, the, I think the coaches need to adjust to – it can't be the best thing for Justin Watson to have 11 targets in a game. And that's no offense to Justin Watson, but you've invested two second-round picks and other guys in a third-round pick in Tony. They have to be able to – and I know Mahomes says he throws to the open guy. Maybe put other guys earlier in the read progression so that they're open too. You can't target Justin Watson 11 times in a game. Yeah, I know. You're absolutely right. And, and I realize that he may have the best connection with Watson right now that, that he has, but I, I, Tony, Sky Moore – you know, when they have these opportunities, Mark, Mark Quetz, when he has the opportunity, here's the thing that absolutely drives me crazy about MVS. If you looked at the Germany game, man, I would have been so motivated if I had been him coming off that Germany game where I had a couple of plays, I was wide open and didn't connect. I would say, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to bounce back. I mean, even though we won in Germany, I didn't think he had a good game and he had the opportunities 
to have a good game. So I really would have bounced back in this game, or at least I feel like I would have tried. I'm not saying, again, that he didn't. It just sometimes doesn't feel that way. Where is Sky Moore these days? Where is Kadarius Tony? When you got when they have the opportunities and they are targeted, they have to make plays. And and I feel like you know if if only one guy is going to make the play, well yeah, the quarterback's going to go to him more often. It's the same with it's the exact same scenario with Travis Kelsey. The only difference was they were double and triple teaming Travis Kelsey last night, and so he had to find somebody besides eighty seven to go to. Well, it's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, when you look at the defense, um, there's got to be there's got to be something special that we say about you know the push. I, I thought that physicality. I always look at the physicality up front between two teams, and the physicality for the Chiefs was so much better on the defensive side of the ball. We did a little deal yesterday where we said we asked two other co-hosts uh, who they thought would have the better defensive line production, and several of them said, "Well, the Eagles." Uh, and but it turns out uh, while the Eagles had great moments, you know, Kansas City up front, that's the difference. You get in push in the middle. You know, you take away that little step up pocket from a quarterback. Talk a little about the, the, the front, the front grouping with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and, and where they've come, where they're going and just how good are they in this league? Yeah, I'll tell you, Chris Jones, you know, I, I know I mentioned the salary cap situation with Jones, but. He did play well. He was a disrupting force last oh night. Oh, my God. You saw it in the first half. And, man, it, it, I mean, just say, it's Jalen Hurts out there. That's not a Tom Brady. That's not a Joe right. Flacco back there. That was Jalen Hurts. He can escape so quickly and do things with his feet and legs. And Chris Jones was methodical. He got – he over-pursued maybe a couple of times – and that was late in the game, I think, after the, the touchdown, the run touch, rushing touchdown. But the, I really felt like Jones in particular, George Karloftis, Mike Dana, our defensive line is playing really well against an incredibly good offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. I would also say that I thought our tackles did last. I know Juwan Taylor took a couple of penalties, and, man, the timeliness of those just is so painful sometimes. But those eagle defenders, the edge rushers, they spread out so far. There's probably two or three uh, person gap between the our tackle and their edge rusher. They're just their their thoughts are we're going to run right by you, and so that that makes those tackles really have to kick out and get out there in a hurry. And I thought they did for the most part a pretty good job of that, but. Uh, no question, I thought our defensive line played last night. Probably had one of the best games of the season. Yeah, I, I thought so too, Dan. So uh, with the defense, with the renewed running game, there's like it, the Chiefs by Vegas are still almost two times more likely than the Ravens to get in. And I guess we can finish for this. Like after what we've seen, and really it was when Joe Burrow went down. And think about, you know, the Ravens who people want to put in there. They just lost Mark Andrews. Like, I, I don't think there's any team in the AFC. I guess I'm with Vegas. I still think the Chiefs are that much that much of a favorite in the AFC. And if they can get to a Super Bowl and you've got 15 and 87, who knows? But I guess that's where the panic meter comes in. It just looks like still, no matter what happened last night, they're the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I do. And I think the, the back half of the season is going to, be pretty telling, even for the Eagles. I think the Eagles are headed into 
a little bit more of a gauntlet in their schedule than they've had today. You know, we, we know the Dolphins are, you know, very effective against below 500 teams. How well are they going to play above 500 teams? There's a lot left to be said. And I, I think the one thing we know about the Kansas City Chiefs are they're proven. They, they, they deal with adversity fairly well. And so, you know, I expect them to bounce back. I, I think it'll be an interesting contest against the Raiders come Sunday simply because you got a new head coach in there. And I know when Scott Pioli left our organization in that Patriot way just kind of dissolved and all of a sudden the sun came out, the clouds parted. And, I mean, in a matter of very short order, things changed quickly in terms of attitudes and and temperaments and things. And so I'm not sure what's going on with the Raiders, but I expect the Chiefs are going to be prepared for them. I expect they're going to bounce back hard. And I think they'll have a good game in Las Vegas on Sunday. All right, Dan. Uh, that's uh, – and, and, yeah, not only that. They've got on paper seven or six out of seven wins on that home stretch. Uh, so it's it's a quick turnaround for you guys this week as we get ready for the weekend. It's It's a little – you know, it throws you off just a little bit. Um, but you guys will have, I'm sure, some cool stuff coming up with the big rivalry game this weekend. Yeah, I hope so. We had a chance to talk to Joe Buck yesterday, and somehow the the conversation digressed into Madison Bumgarner. But uh, I expect Sunday we're gonna. It's it's interesting with the 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 Monday game. It first of all, from the bye to Monday, just felt like forever, didn't it? It felt like an eternity yes. before the Chiefs had uh, since the Chiefs had played. But now we've got the short week, so today is a Monday and a Tuesday, and partially a Wednesday. It's really crazy how the schedule impacts us, but. Uh, we're going to have something good for you on Sunday. I know that. All right, Dan. Well, we'll look forward to it on the Chiefs Radio Network. Quick quick rebound here. Uh, get out there. Go throw some passes to some of those guys. See if you can get them in the after hours work. <laughs> you got it, man. Have a good week, guys. Thanks. There goes, there goes Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app. Paul and I will come back. We'll look ahead to Marquette tonight for KU and maybe around the rest of the sports world uh, as it's been a busy reaction sort of Tuesday today as we normally do that on Monday, but you can understand why. The IHOP hotline will open back up at 869-1240. IHOP, by the way, where through November 26th, kids eat free every day from 4 to 10 o'clock with the purchase of an adult entree. We'll be right back. More Sports Daily coming right after this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you. Paul Savage alongside me here. I'm Jacob Albrecht. We're taking you through this Tuesday, a big Chiefs reaction day. We got football turned around, though, in just a couple of days. Check out Thanksgiving games from Westwood One on KFH. Full day of football. Tune in for Green Bay, Detroit, Dallas hosting Washington. And finally, a big NFC matchup, San Francisco at Seattle. Catch it for free with the Odyssey app. Just download the Odyssey app and search for KFH. Uh, Paul, I'm curious to get your take on this. So the Steelers this morning have fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. I think most people feel like uh, that is necessary as they've been one of the worst offenses in football and still win despite it. We also saw Buffalo 
fire its offensive coordinator, and they actually responded to it pretty well. Where do you come down on, like, coordinator-type changes that come mid-season? Well, obviously— are, are you, do, you th- do you think that, you know, things can change like that this far into a season with a new face stepping into that role? Well, it is certainly— Because it's usually always going to be a promotion for somebody else. Right, but, but, it, but it always, in my opinion— you know, sometimes coaches think, you know, if I if I make a change, it'll help things. It'll the perception of me that I'm I'm in charge. But you know, co- head coaches are in charge of their coordinators. Coordinators don't do anything without the approval of a of a of a head coach. And and you're probably aware that at least at the college level, and even even at the NAIA level and uh, and up, you know, most coordinators that I've been around produce a uh, a game plan. And present it to the head coach. You know, usually around you know Monday, Tuesday, somewhere in that area. Here's the game plan. Here's what we're going to do. And a head coach always signs off, makes changes, does what it wants to do, makes changes. Uh, I'm not crazy about firing, but on the other hand, you know, you look at it, you look at the situation in Pittsburgh. You know, right now they're what 29th in in yards, 28th or 29th or 30th in points scored. Um, I mean, you look at literally every category up and down the offensive stats and the Steelers are are dismal. They're not very good. There's only they're they're maybe better than two or three other teams in most categories that are important. That can't be. Now you're winning games, but you're doing it with defense, opportunity uh, opportunistic uh football, uh turnovers, creating turnovers and that kind of that's how you're winning football games. That's important, but you know, you have an offense that at least is is in the middle of the pack. You, you know, you might you might be you know half the losses that you have, and and even doing better. I'm not crazy about firing coordinators halfway through a season, partly because they're you, they're who you are. You're the one that made them. You're the one that directs them. You're the one that manages these guys. If you're a head coach, I'm not crazy about it. Don't like it, but I understand why it can happen sometimes. Sometimes people are just looking for a scapegoat, though, Jacob. You know that. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, sure they are. Sure they, they are. I, you know, like, I, I don't think that's crazy. But but sometimes, too, Paul, like, sometimes it's necessary. This Steelers situation, it was necessary. If, if And it probably has more to do or as much to do with, I should say, uh, the fact that their, you know, young quarterback isn't connecting Right with with the with the with the face there, and you got to make a change. You got to make an evaluation and see if he's the guy, and all of that stuff. But like you gotta you gotta be able to do something. I just think it's interesting to see. And those are two contenders too. You're talking about Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Those are two teams that think they're going to be into the postseason, right? So it's not like they're just so bad that they they just feel like they can make a change to get a little better. Buffalo responded after one game, right, against a good defense in the mm-hmm. Jets too. So right, we'll see. Right, but right. Um, I, you know, I I think that I, I think it gets interesting, and I think that you you sit there and you look at those kinds of moves and wonder, like, do they really do any good? But that was that's sort of been the headline here this morning for that. Would you do um, it? Would you Mahomes, Would you do it? By the way, I'm uh, just if I was the Steelers, yes. If you I was the Bills, okay. no, I would not have. Right. Um, you know, I, that was. That was that, the Steelers. It's probably needed to happen for a long time. All right. All right. Let's let's look at this Maui Invitational. All right. Um, you've got just an incredible lineup of games there tonight. Uh, even in the losers bracket, you've got Syracuse and Gonzaga, which should be pretty good. But you've got Tennessee, Purdue. I mean, are you kidding me? 
Tennessee, Purdue, Purdue, a three-point favorite. That game leads us into Kansas and Marquette mm. at nine at uh, yeah nine thirty tonight. My goodness, nine thirty. You ready to stay up late tonight, Paul? Well, I just might. Can you be- handle nine thirty? Can you handle being up till you know eleven thirty midnight? I'll do my do best. I'll I, you know I might drink me some. Some H2O uh, t- uh, coffee. I might HCO that, coffee. I'm going to have some coffee. Maybe that'll keep me awake. What do you think about that idea? Cheers. I'll run and get me some and warm it up in the microwave, and I'll be ready to go. But, yeah, I, I want to see this because, you know, Marquette's a good basketball team. There's no question about that. They're, they're sure going to they be, be a top-10 team all the way they're through. They're a great team in a they're, great league with a great coach. Well, yep. the, the league's no. down a little bit. I mean, this isn't – this isn't your normal Big East. I mean, they, they've lost a ah, lot they of teams. got some top-end teams there. Yeah, did you, but see, they, UConn, but did you got, see UConn, Texas last night? Right, right, right. And I, and, I, and I, would, I get that. But but I'm talking about the league as a whole. I mean, already, they, they only have four Creighton's teams. Creighton's really good. I, well. I, you know, that top three. Okay, maybe it's – I'll give you that it may not be as deep. Yes, it's not as but deep. Between, yes. But between UConn, Creighton, Marquette, and probably Villanova mm-hmm. – they're going to be pretty Fair good enough. in they're, that they're, league this year. They are. But as a whole, the league may not be quite as strong as it's been. As deep. No, but I, yeah, I, I, but, but, I'm, not, I'm not totally off that. But you got to look, you got to look at the fact that uh, this is a team that's already beat a ranked team in Illinois, beat UCLA, uh, and, you know, uh, beat Ryder in North, uh, North, Northern Illinois. Uh, this is a good basketball team, and we, we get that. I mean, look at their ranking, where they're at, what they've accomplished, and where they're going to be. But this is going to be a great test. You know, the name, I'm going to throw one name out at you that if you watch this game, Cam Jones, if, if, if KU can, can hold on to Cam Jones, hold him down a little bit, he's a guard, plays mostly at the one. Uh, but this is a good basketball player, averaging 17.5 points per game at this, this early stage of the season. Uh, averaging almost 25 minutes per game. I mean, this is a this is a kid that's going to be be a difference maker. If Marquette stays in this game, it'll be because of Cam Jones. That's the person to watch. That's the key. KU handles him. I think KU will probably, you know, not have a whole lot of problems. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. Probably won't be a blowout. I don't think it will be. But you know, no, I don't they're, think it'll they're, be they're going to play Look. well. I mean, KU's got so much. It's got KU's so much. KU's the best much. team in the country. It is. KU's won for That's a right. reason. That's right. I, I, I don't, you know, and again, they're going to play through this. I, I don't think they're going to win all of these unbelievable games that they'll play before they get into the Big 12. But what I do think is they're the most experienced and best team right now in this spot. Purdue's got probably something to say about that. But when you think about how much experience is there, and we saw this in Kentucky when it looked like they Kentucky was going to get them, and they just kept on and kept on and kept on. Marquette will be a different kind of good than Kentucky. Kentucky is young, as they always are. Marquette's got some experience. Marquette's got the expectation to be good now. That's what I want to see out of you know. This will be a different kind of test mm-hmm. for KU than we've right. seen so far. So far, Kentucky yeah. may be more. Kentucky, look, Kentucky's as talented as any team in the country. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe how good they looked, and I think they're going to be great by the end of the year. Marquette's kind of like KU, right? At least we think they will be. So now it's sort of good on good early in a year. I, I This will be a good and interesting test for them. I don't, you know, this can, how many times can Dickinson go for 31 and 10, right? Is that something we just pencil in? Maybe it is. I'm not saying that it's not, by the way. I think it it, it could be. He's He's really, really good. But also... Do we see a little more offense from Dewan Harris like we saw against Kentucky? 
Do we see KJ Adams get more involved? Because because right now it's kind of Dickinson and McCuller have just looked incredible. Can they get a third option ever? And I don't think it has to even be the same person, Paul. Like I, yeah. I think it can rotate around and and be different. And you know we know with Dewan Harris there will be games where he is perfectly content not to shoot it. But what is the best version of KU? Maybe we get a chance to see that tonight, or maybe there isn't as much of a gap, at least that I perceive among them and some others, just because of how good they can be defensively and how experienced they are in general. I do think that that's why I've liked them as the best team in the country right now. Whether or not they stay there, I don't know. But I do think getting a test against a team like this will be different than any any test they've faced so far. Mm-hmm. And what a what a what a tournament. I mean, is this not maybe oh, the best so good. This is this is this is a tournament that is unbelievable with unbelievable talented teams. I, uh, you know, it's almost like a who's who of the top 10 in in the country and this is this is so cool. And this is a great test. This is perfect. Marquette will be one of those teams that will be tremendous for KU to play. It's going to be so helpful. Win or lose by the way, I'm just going to tell you this game will be valuable to the University of Kansas later down the line. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get a quick call in. Earl uh, wants to chime in. We'll go back to a little Chiefs talk, by the way, that IHOP hotline is open, as we've told you. Earl, <clears throat> what did you think last night? Neither of us are, like, the panic meter for us isn't pinging very hard. I know it is for a lot of Chiefs fans. You're you're as good a Chiefs fan as there is out there. Where, where's your panic meter with the Chiefs last night? Uh, well, I, I don't panic about things I can't control. So I don't really have a panic button on that. (laughs) You know what we mean in sports panic, in sports panic. Real quick on KU, KU's best version never comes till February. So as this team plays, you're going to see them get better and better, as good as they are and talented. By February, there's going to be a whole new team that is going to be phenomenal. But on on the Chiefs, look, here's the thing. And a lot of people with Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he goes to Washington. This guy's too hard. This guy, man, this guy doesn't get it. He's hard. Well, we went from an iron fist with the enemy to the velvet glove of Nagy. And I believe, honestly, because coaching does matter so much, the iron fist makes you pay attention to details, makes you run to the sideline when there's a safety over top in the middle as opposed to veering that way. Makes you pay attention to your job a little more. I think a lot of this comes from the fact that Nagy is not, he's still got, you know, head coach of Chicago Bears failure still on him. I think he's still trying to find his way back, and he's not coaching these guys hard enough. He is not detail-oriented enough. And for a lot of guys in that locker room, they said, ooh, breath of fresh air, right? The, the iron fist is gone. Well, honestly, that offense looks less disciplined, less focused, and they're not playing with that sort of urgency that the iron fist does. So players like a velvet glove for a while, but my God, uh, you know, Scantling, his velvet glove has got some Crisco on it. And the rest of these receivers, too, man. So I think it's underestimated the fact that a head coach or an offensive coordinator that will ruffle feathers. Hey, I was a guy not liking crap, you know, the enemy having a conflict with our quarterback and all that. But the reality is. These guys needed the tough love of the enemy, and they're not getting it from Nagy. 
and that is where the offensive woes happen. So you either get out the whip and go to the whip on these guys, or it ain't going to get better. It's just not. Earl, Earl, you know what what another term for the iron fist is? Please. Coaching. Well, I put them together, Paul. The iron fist coaching versus the velvet glove coaching. coaching. It would be redundant to say coaching, coaching. coaching. No, no, the iron (laughs) fist has – has it has a bad common, uh, connotation is what it makes it sound like. Guys don't like the iron fist. Guy, you know, life is easier if there is no iron fist. But, you know, there are certain coaches that coach with an iron fist, and it's called coaching, and that's what it is. So I'm not, I'm not buying that. And if, and, if, and if that is a factor, then I got a real problem with this. Why? Well, because – Since coaching does matter, if you change the approach of the coaching and the results – reflect the change in the coaching and you want it back to the way it was, why would you have a problem with it? I have No, a, he's saying he has a problem if the players don't respond to that right. kind of coaching. I got, for the well okay, look, man. Paul, think of it this way, man. Right. You've coached a lot of young guys a while, right? Sure. When they're at home Thousands. and everything up and and you know, back in the days when parents actually did discipline children, when they got to go away from college, they were footloose and fancy free, right? That is correct. Same kids, but a whole different attitude. That's correct. Well these these players who played under Bienemy, you know, they were under a pretty harsh parent. And now Nagy's in there. He's like, you know, we're off to college now. We can be devil may care sort of thing. So, it, yeah, the players are responsible for what they do. No question about it. But sometimes it helps to have a little dude in your ear saying, nah, 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 don't do that. Pay attention to what you're doing as opposed to, yeah, I'll do what I want. I'm talented. You know, I'm getting paid. It doesn't matter. So if they would get back to the attention of those details, and and honestly, that's why I think coming out of a bye week, Andy Reid is so good because that bye week, he always does fundamentals. He does. Right, right. And and coming into this then, uh, they didn't get it. Somebody didn't get the memo. And we're on the same page with the part about the Iron Fist because I like that the way that is. You know, there's nothing wrong with discipline. In fact, if you want to be great in the game of football, it requires discipline. It is one of the ingredients in winning. Discipline. I mean, honestly, well, you know. Yeah, I, and, and, or or maybe the maybe the players just aren't good enough because they can't catch the ball. Well, and, and oh, who knows? There's always you know. that. Have a great day. <laughs> All right, Earl. See you, Earl. Good point. Eight six nine twelve. Eight six nine twelve forty. You you mentioned that HDO coffee, Paul. Let's give away a couple of those Beautiful. right now. Let's do uh, it. Great time to get in there and check it out. You can get some HDO brew house iced or hot coffee. It's more than just great tea over there at HDO. Uh, pop in, check it out, maybe for the holiday week while you're out and about with family. We'll get you two of those cards. Those are available for you at the East location in Wichita or in Derby. Uh, of course, the West location's got all your tea needs as well. We'll be right back. Dad will get us a winner. First caller to the IHOP hotline right now. Get a couple of free brew houses from HTO, 869-1240. We'll come back. Last full segment right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. We'll get a new CFP ranking tonight, Paul. Um, this this could get muddy. This would be a good year for the expanded playoff for sure. 
Could get muddy. Either Ohio State or Michigan's going to lose this week. Uh, is that enough for Washington or Florida State to jump up? Like, it's it is this is going to be a little dicey uh, for the CFP, perhaps, coming down the stretch. With this stuff, I know it all typically works itself out. But is this going to happen this year? Well, Florida State may not be a factor. I mean, you know, this last weekend they lost their their all-American quarterback. And, I mean, he was something really special and so integral to that particular football team. We'll see what happens. And, by the way, does this this committee, when they – can they take injuries into consideration, Jacob? I'm not sure how that works. I think they can. Okay, if they can. I think that they can. Then then Florida State more than likely is going to be devalued. In, in that committee. I'm just I'm just saying, don't know it for a fact, but it, it, there's a good chance. But anyway, yes, uh, this this would be a great year for the expansion to take place. But, you know, I look at Ohio State and I look at Michigan. If it's a close game, one or the other team wins uh, and the other loses by a small uh, uh, amount of points. You know, I can still almost I can almost make a case with Florida State probably going to back off from the hunt for the final four. I can still make a case if you want. Yeah, but they're or, unbeaten, Paul. Like, I know. So, I know. Look, you, you've got, I, I got you've it. got so you've got a situation here where you'll have either Ohio State or Michigan's going to have a loss, mm-hmm. right? So then you, your chance for the three unbeaten's at this point, right, are Georgia, Florida State, Washington, and one of those teams. So that would take care of itself right. if you had four unbeaten teams, but then. The one-loss teams, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, and either Ohio State or Michigan are going to get it. Like if the if you don't get the scenario where you get four unbeaten's, it's going to be a mess. It right. will be a mess this year for the CFP because I don't think you'll have enough two-loss teams that it makes itself very clear. Right, and and I'm with you on that. But all I'm saying is that a loss, if it's a close loss, hard-fought loss, it's not going to devalue Ohio State or Michigan as much as you think it's going to be because. You know, you look at you look at uh, you look at the college football today. I think you can make a case, and many people are making a case that the pack the pack ten or the pack twelve or is probably one of the best. Is probably the best. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile five G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Football conference in America now. But who's second? I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's not the SEC. I think it's probably the Big Ten. The SEC would then be probably mm. next. Big well, Ten's garbage. It's a Pac-12. Big Ten's well, great at the top when, two when you look or maybe at, when top you, three. Yeah, but when you look at the top, they're darn good 
football teams, and that's and that's kind of yeah, what I'm, I'm, I I think the Pac-12 has a case to be made as the best conference in college football mm-hmm. this year. Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, uh, Arizona's in the mix. Utah, who I know you love, like they're loaded. The mm-hmm. the, the Pac-12 is really really good this year, top to bottom. Right. Um, Ironic, but, isn't it? <laughs> It is. And and look, we know that if if you're if you're Georgia, if you're Florida State, if you're Washington, you're you're good if you win all your games, right? Because you're you're you know, if let's say whichever whichever the outcome, let's say Ohio State beats Michigan or Michigan, that one loss team is not going to be ahead of the other unbeatens, right? So the un, we may get four unbeatens here, and that would be that'd be kind of crazy, right? We've never had that where you've got four of them. Um, and I think that can happen here, but you, you'd have basically four conference champions right, make right. their way through unbeaten. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. All right, we'll come back. Paul's got uh, Paul's got a mention here of something he's got coming up soon in the in his thespian life. Congratulations to Joe from Eastboro, uh, quaint little town there, nestled into Wichita for winning that HTO Brewhouse coffee. I'm going to step out. Paul will get you the rest of the way. He'll let you know what's coming up uh, in the theaters if you're into that and what's coming up on the networks today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Let's make some picks, Paul. I think I've decided. Let's Good. do some picks. We'll do it early. I hope so. Uh, we'll get Tommy's picks. We'll do that. Uh, I'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Paul will be right back to wrap things up here on Sports Daily. Got it. Hello, this is Evan Lease with David Lease Plumbing. Looking back on the year, it's always shocking how it seems to go by so fast. This is a great time to reflect on all the blessings God has given to us and to be thankful for all we've received. Thank you to all of my customers, contractors, and suppliers. Without the patronage of our customers, the business of our contractors, or the support of our suppliers, David Lease Plumbing would not be the company it is today. It is because of all of you that my employees and I are able to earn a living to support our families. I, along with everyone at David Lease Plumbing, would like to wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. Come and enjoy a free birthday boil at Hook and Reel. Valid only with a minimum of a two-entree purchase, proof of ID, and also valid three days before and three days after birthday. Located in Town East Parking Lot, East Kellogg. Dell's Black Friday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited-time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. It's the perfect time to upgrade. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. 
Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.